Lord, thank you for this beautiful morning and for bringing us all out here, God, together to celebrate your birth. I thank you for every person here, every person connected online. And God, as we have come to make this effort to honor you this Christmas day, Lord, thank you for already being with us. Thank you for your presence and thank you for your Holy Spirit. And I pray that your Holy Spirit would fill our hearts, uh, speak to us through your word this morning. And as we come before you, may you see our worship as we come in joy to celebrate your birthday. And we ask for your touch, and we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Back in 2008, a baby boy was born on Christmas Day in Lima, Peru. Now, the parents had a special celebration. I mean, it's Christmas, right? Christmas Day. But, but it wasn't just, real, just because of that. Let me give you a few reasons why they, they celebrate in a special way. First of all, the mother was supposed to deliver on December 26th. But God had different plans, brought the baby a day early. And so, hey, a Christmas baby, December 25th. But there's a second thing that went on here. Now, days before, uh, maybe it was months before, the parents had decided to uh, name the baby, you know, like many of us with our children, we, we, we figure out a name way before they're born. Well, they decided to name the baby after a professional soccer player, and his name was Jesus Emmanuel. Jesus Emmanuel. Now, isn't that crazy? The, the baby ends up being born early, and the name that they picked, it, it, it was just by chance, right, by coincidence, that the name of the baby is Jesus Emmanuel. So not only that is the baby's name Jesus, born on December 25th, but the mother's name is Virgin Maria. Virgin Maria. Isn't that crazy? So no wonder they're like celebrating like, wow, this is crazy how this happened. I don't know if they were believers, but I would say, God, you did some miracle here. What a celebration to think God put that all together. Now, guess what the father's name is? No, it wasn't Joseph. It's Adolfo, Adolfi or something like that. But guess what he does for a living? He's a carpenter. (laughs) Crazy, isn't that? But what a celebration that was. Well, today for our Christmas Day message, we go back in time. And we go back to when the angels first celebrated Christmas, when they celebrated the birth of Jesus Christ on Christmas Day. So the title of our message this morning is The Celebration of Angels. The Celebration of Angels. Again, Luke chapter 2, if you're not there already, uh, verses 8 through 14. Now, we're going to see three things here. We're going to see the surprise appearance. We're going to see the special announcement. And we're also going to see the spectacular anthem. The angels actually start to praise God. So, first of all, we're going to see this surprise appearance. Now, take a look with me in your Bibles at Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse 8. It says, And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. Verse 9, And the angel of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. We'll stop right there. 
Now, we begin where Luke, the writer here, he says in verse 8, and in the same region where these shepherds. Now, what's this region that they're in? What's this area that they're in? Well, in the, in the verses above here in chapter 2, it talks about that this is the area or the region that Christ was born. Actually, we see that in the verses above, and we see in verse 4 that Naz, or the city of, to the city of David uh, they went to, which is called Bethlehem because they're of lineage David. So they're in the area of Bethlehem. They're in that city of David area. And this is where in above verses we see that Christ was born. So the region is Bethlehem. Now, in that area of Bethlehem, outside of the town, were these shepherds out in the fields, as we read here in verse um, uh, 8, right? There are shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock. So they're out there. It's nighttime. They're keeping an eye of their sheep there. And, and, and this is the scene. This is, this is the scene that is being set up for us. Now, could you imagine that evening? It was probably a nice night, probably clear skies. You can see stars all over, you know, like a Maui. You can see the stars and all that. And could you imagine these shepherds now? They're, they're sitting around, and, and I can imagine they're watching the sheep, and they start talking story here, and maybe pondering questions that you always thought about, like when sheep get wet, why don't they shrink? <laughs> Perhaps they start telling some jokes. Where do sheep get their hair cut? At the barber shop. You like that one? Okay, one more, one more. What do you call the sheep covered in chocolate? A candy bar. Well, anyway, I don't, I don't know if they were saying that, but they were sitting around talking story, right? So, verse 9 Then suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared to them. So God sent this angel to to these shepherds here. And with this angel, says in verse 9, the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. So here comes this angel. This singular angel just appears. Now, who is this angel? We don't really know. It's not named here. But my guess, this angel here is Gabriel. My guess it's Gabriel. You know why? Because at the beginning of this gospel in the book of Luke, uh, Gabriel came to Zechariah the priest to tell him, hey, your wife is pregnant with John the Baptist. John, you're going to name him John, and and this is going to be the forerunner to the Messiah. And then we also know that Gabriel went to Mary and told her that she was going to birth the Christ baby the Christ child so my guess is that this angel is actually Gabriel because God had sent him to do all these other errands for him so here's this angel whoever he is we see that the glory it says here of the Lord shone around them so the glory of the Lord really talks about like heaven's glory you know, the light in heaven is, is from God. It's from Jesus there. And so that glory carried with this angel, and he's just glowing with this. And he comes into that night, and he starts to light the area around the angel and around the shepherds right there. 
So you can understand why the shepherds were in fear. Like, whoa, this angel appears out of nowhere. Hey, we were just telling jokes, you know. Uh, wow, you know, God, why you send it? You know, I don't know. But so this light is all around them. This glowing angel comes and appears to them. Now, whoever this special angel was, definitely he came from God. Whoever this special angel was, definitely he came to the shepherds that we read here. Now, understand that this is very special to see God send this angel to the shepherds. It means something because God, if you notice in our Christmas story, he didn't send an angel to like the priests in the temple. I mean, you'd think anyone, he'd send them the angel there to announce the birth of Christ, but he didn't. He didn't send it to any of the religious leaders, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, the whole Sanhedrin, 70 of them. None of them got this angel. I mean, Mary did, Zacharias did, the priest, but, uh, the priest about John the Baptist, but, but none of them. The angel didn't appear to like King Herod there, the governor over the region, or didn't even appear to Caesar at that time. But who did God send this angel to? He sent this angel first to some no-name shepherds. I mean, we don't even know what their names are, right? It's not even listed here. But we do know this angel was specially sent from God, from heaven, to these shepherds. Now, understand how significant this is. Because shepherds in that society back then, they were like at the bottom, that's why in some of the Christmas songs you, you hear lowly shepherds, right? Just doesn't mean they're simple or humble, but they're, they're down there bottom of the social ladder. They're outcasts. That, the job to work with sheep and dirty sheep and be out in the field and camp out, out at night in the country, that, in that society, they look as, oh, these guys, whew, they're like homeless. They're, they're like down there, you know, in society. So this is amazing. These nobodies, these no-names, these outcasts, God sent the angel to these guys. Isn't that amazing? Think about that. The surprise appearance of the angel to the shepherd, you know what? It speaks of God's grace and love. That's what I want you to understand here. The surprise appearance really speaks of God's grace and love, that he would pick these guys he would send the angel to these guys to get the message first that God has sent his son to this world. One little boy wrote to Santa and uh, he said, Last year you gave my brother a water gun. This Christmas can you leave me one so I can shoot back? <laughs> I like that one. But, but I kind of feel like, you know, he's saying, you left me out. I only got socks. No, <laughs> I didn't get that water gun. Well, do you ever feel left out? Do you feel like, oh, maybe people look down on you? Maybe it's just our own insecurities that make us think or feel that way. But could you imagine these shepherds? They were, they, they were bottom of society. They were the outcasts. Yet God sent the angel to them. So if you feel left behind, if you feel left out, if you feel like forgotten, and maybe even God is forgotten to me and you're thinking those thoughts. No, God doesn't. 
we see in our story right away that God thinks of the forgotten, that he remembers them, that, that actually he, he puts them in priority as he sent the angel to them. So understand, yeah, it, Christmas is about God's grace and, and the love of God. Yeah, it, it's not about your statue, in, your, your status, sorry, in society or your race. Yeah, or, or, or how much money you have or where you live. It's nothing of that. What it is about is about God's grace and love to everyone. So see that today as we see this passage. You know, I just read this morning, um, there's a, uh, this, this Christmas, a car dealership in Oakland, California, out of the blue, gifted a brand new minivan to a struggling mother of five children, just out of the blue. Now, she's been really working hard to get a degree and working, but she had been going from hotel to hotel, and the Lord also gave her some housing too. But then the car really helped because it gave her, you know, a filter transportation needs. And the one thing I like what she said, she said, now I could get to church on time now. I love that, you know. So the surprise appearance of the angel to the shepherds really speaks of God's grace and love. Let that sink in today on this Christmas day. So we see this surprise appearance here. And secondly, we see this special announcement. Take a look at verse 10 here. As it goes on, it says, And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all. The people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Now, sensing the fear of the shepherds, right? They're like, oh, this angel shows up. Oh, this glory of the Lord. I mean, I was also thinking of the pureness of that light, that glory, yeah? And if, if you have any failures or sin, you kind of feel like, oh, you kind of feel shame. But the angel said, hey, Fear not. Don't fear here. Don't, don't be afraid. We're not, I haven't come, I haven't been sent to like bring judgment because of your bad jokes. No, I've, I've come really with good news, not bad news. I've come with some great news. I mean, it's going to be great joy. It's going to fill you with joy, overflowing joy. That's what the angel is saying. In other words, you know, we, we would say this. This is the best news ever. This is the best thing ever that you're going to hear. And you know what? It's for everyone. And so he tells them, what is this message? The message is that for unto you, verse 11, born this day. This is Christmas Day now. In the city of David. What is that? You remember? Bethlehem, right? We mentioned that earlier. A Savior. What does that mean? He's a Savior who will save us from our sins. We need saving. We really do. Our sins have separated us from God. Because God is holy. And our sins, they're wicked. And a holy God can't be with a sinful person. But that's why he sent Jesus. So that Jesus could bridge that gap. So that we can be forgiven. So that we can know God, as I mentioned last night in our Christmas Eve service. So here's a Savior. And who is it? It's Christ. Do you know the word Christ basically means the Messiah? 
This is the Messiah. This is the long for one. This is the one that was prophesied in the Old Testament to come. And he's come now. This is, this is great news. This is amazing news. And this is the Lord. Now, the Old Testament word in the New Testament for Lord is actually Yahweh. This is God, the Son, come to this earth to be born a human being so that one day he could save us from our sins by dying on the cross. And we're going to get to that in a moment. So here's great news. Here's the message. Here's a special announcement from the angels. The Savior, Jesus Christ, is born today. I want you to turn to the right. Turn over to John chapter 3. And I want to look at two verses here, verse 16 and 17. John 3, 16 and John 3, 17. And many of us, we, we, we know that verse. We have, we've heard it. We have it in our hearts. But you know, this is actually a Christmas verse too. And it says here in John chapter 3, verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting, eternal life. See, that's God's heart. His, he, that's how much He loves us. He knew our sins separated us from Him, but He wanted to have a relationship. He wanted to be involved in our lives, so He loved the world. He loved people so much that, you know what, He sent His Son. And today we celebrate that sending is the birth of Jesus Christ. Now, John 3, verse 17 goes on. Jesus is actually speaking here. And he says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world. See, this is good news, like the angel is saying. Um, I, I didn't come to tell you God's going to judge you. God's going to, you know, because of your sin, you better repent. No. The angel was sent not to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him, through Jesus Christ. See, Jesus' first coming is about bringing the gospel message. It's about being saved in him. Now, Jesus is going to come a second time, his second coming. And there, he's going to bring judgment on the world. There, he's going to get rid of this whole world system and set up a new one. And that's an, another talk. And we studied the book of Revelation with that. You can go back and, and watch our whole series or listen to that. But here in his first coming, it was to save us we need saving so understand this today that the 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 son of god the baby in the manger came to save us so then the angel in verse 12 now gives that shepherds like how do we know that this is the messiah how do we know that this is him in verse 12 The angel says, and this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Now, the angel is saying, look, you'll know that this is the Messiah. You'll know that this is the Savior. You'll know that this is the Lord who has come. How? Well, go into Bethlehem, and you're going to find a baby wrapped in these swaddling cloths. It's basically the baby receiving blanket, you know, that we use today when a baby is born. And then this baby will be lying in a manger. What's a manger? It's actually a feeding trough. It's actually a feeding trough. So here's what the angel is saying. Here's the sign. Look for a baby bundled in the common way, 
but lying in an uncommon place. That's what the angel is saying. And you'll know for sure that this is the Messiah. Now, traditionally, right, in our nativities that we probably have set up at home today, we have a nice, I mean, we have one, actually, um, it had to be put away because the grandkids were all over it. But we we have, um, it's like a a wood kind of stable thing, right? And hay, and and you have Joseph and Mary and and the baby Jesus in this kind of wooden little manger, we call it, with hay and everything. Traditionally, that's what's, we buy and we see and we set up in our homes. But did you know that where Jesus was born was actually not like that? It was actually this cave. The historians and scholars tell us it was a cave like in the side of a mountain. And, and it was dark and it was damp. And it was a place where the, all the travelers would park their, their donkeys and animals. So imagine that. It, it, it didn't smell nice. It's not like a pristine you know, a, a hospital room, yeah, that's been all uh, disinfected. No, it's this, this stable, this cave. And the manger, actually, if um, next time whenever we go to Israel, we'll, we, we'll see one. It's actually a stone. It's carved out out of stone. And that's where they slop all the food and animals and eat from. And so it was actually this really bad conditions uh, uh, the the manger wasn't a, a nice. It wasn't a nice little bed, or or what, what do you call the baby little bed? Uh, uh, what bassinet or something like that, right? No, it wasn't. So here's a baby wrapped up like normal, but placed in this uncommon place. And so the angel saying, "Look, you'll know this is the savior." Now, why would Jesus? You know, God worked it out so Jesus would be born in a place like that. I mean, first of all, we know Bethlehem was prophesied that he would be born there. That was fulfilled. But, but why this? Well, it was really to show that he came in a humble way. He wasn't born in some palace or, or some nice home. But they ended up there because of the census. And Jesus was born in this little cave and placed on this little feeding stone feeding trough. But why such a humble, poor way? Because it was a symbol of how he came to serve. It was a symbol of how he came to be our Savior. He didn't come to rule. He came to serve us in by giving his life for us on the cross. And that's why he was born here. So the special announcement of the angel was this invitation to go see the Savior, Jesus. Someone said this, if our greatest need had been information, God would have sent us an educator. If our greatest need was technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need was money, he would have sent us an economist. If our greatest need was pleasure, he would have sent us an entertainer. But our greatest need was forgiveness. So he sent us a savior. That's what this special announcement is all about. It's about this invitation to go and see the savior. Jesus. Isn't this great, this story? We see this special appearance just for the shepherd. We see this special announcement for Savior. 
And then we come to the last part this morning of our passage. We see this spectacular anthem. Look at verse 13. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Okay, we read here in verse 13 that suddenly. So imagine this. Here's one angel. Here's the shepherds. And there's this glow around them. But suddenly, I imagine behind the angel appear a multitude. The word multitude means thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of angels. I'm thinking not just behind it. Maybe they just started up here and surrounded the shepherds all around. I'm sure the shepherds were overwhelmed with that. A multitude. Think about this. If one angel shone around them, just think about thousands and thousands and thousands. It would be, it'd be pretty bright, wouldn't it? Thousands and thousands. A Virginia grandfather, uh, I read this article, brings Christmas joy to his neighborhood and actually his whole area because he puts up 1.5 million lights. Isn't that crazy? He must use LEDs or else his electric bill would be really high. He starts to build it on September 1st. I think that's crazy. I wonder if you fly over, you know, the area, you probably could see it, you know, on an airplane. Maybe, you know, the space station can even see it. That's a lot of lights. But that's how he shines his lights. They say, the article said there's hundreds and hundreds of people that come by every day. Well, can you imagine thousands and thousands of angels here in our passage? What, how bright that must have been. So, the angels then break out now. they praising God, verse 13, and saying, Glory to God in the highest. Like give, we give honor to God. We give Him glory in the highest way. Why? Because the Savior is born. Because Jesus has come. And then they say, and on earth, peace. Now what's that talking about? He's, they're talking about and praising God about peace has come to the earth. In this sense, that now people can be at peace with God. Remember, Romans 5.10 says we are enemies of God. We rebelled against God in our sin. But God has reconciled us. And Romans 5.1 says that we are justified. We have peace with God. Understand, before you can have the peace of God, you, can, you, have, to be, you have to have the peace with God. God. And that's what Christ has done. He has died on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins so that we can have peace with God. We can have that relationship. We can be forgiven and cleansed and know God in a real way. So on earth peace, God has brought the way to peace with God. And then the last phrase here is among those with whom he is pleased. Now this is a little bit more harder to really interpret and understand. But the word please means favor. It means kindness. So now, with God sending Jesus, the way to have peace with Him, the way to be saved, now God has brought favor. God, in His pleasing way, has brought this kindness upon people 
so that anyone who would believe in Jesus Christ, and not just believe, but accept him, to repent of their sins, come to him, receive him in their heart, not just know that he's, oh, I know Jesus, he's God. No, James says that even the demons believe. Of course, Satan and demons, they believe in Jesus, but they're not saved. No, you have to give your life to him in surrender, totally, and believe in his work that he's done on the cross, that you can be forgiven. That's really what the gospel is about. So, the angels declare the coming of Jesus who was born to save us and all speaking about the cross. You know what's interesting here? Every time in the Bible you see a bunch of angels get together like this, it marks a momentous time in history. The first time was back when God first created everything. And in Job chapter 38, verse 7, it tells us that the morning stars sang a song. The morning stars are angels. And the angels shouted for joy. That was when God created everything. And then there's going to be another time in the future. Revelation tells us in Revelation 5, verse 9 and 11 through 12, that right before the second coming of Christ, when, when, when the end of this world as we know it comes, and he comes to set up his kingdom on the earth, you know what? The angels get together. They break out. In Revelation 5, it talks about they sang a new song. And many angels around the throne, they began to say with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb. So every time you see a bunch of angels get together, it's a momentous time in history. And that's what we see here in Luke chapter 2. The spectacular anthem, Glory to God in the Highest, it marked the coming of the salvation in Jesus Christ. That's what the big deal of this was about. That's what this celebration is about. That's why we're here today. It's not just to celebrate, oh, Jesus has come and this baby was born. No, it's the reason why he came. He came because he loved us. He came to grow up one day and to die on the cross, to give his life for us. To shed his blood for us on the cross. So that we could be forgiven. Because we couldn't pay that penalty. No matter all the good you do. It could never atone for your sins. Only the perfect Lamb of God. Who has sacrificed for our sins. Can bring salvation into your life. Now I have brought this morning. This bag. And inside this bag. Oh what's inside of it. It's a candy cane. Anybody want a candy cane? <laughs> Sorry if I hit you in your face. <laughs> Anyone else? One candy? No, Allie. This is for you reading the scripture last night. <laughs> Anyone else? Candy cane? Adults? Oh, here, Riley. This is my granddaughter. There you go. I don't know if you get it. Yeah. <laughs> no one else? Well, I was, if you think about the candy cane, do you ever wonder its color and everything? You know what they say, and, and, and this is an idea uh, that is talked about, that after this was made and, and 
um, invented and then they began to mass produce it, they say that um, the white on the candy cane, um, this actually uh, represents Christ in his sinless nature. You see, Christ had to be sinless. He couldn't have his own sin. That's why he was a virgin birth. He couldn't because if, if there was any blemish on the Old Testament sacrifice, they, they were rejected, right? So the only person who could die for our sins and take upon his body our sins was a sinless person. The only person who that could be is Jesus Christ. So the white represents that sinlessness, the pureness of Christ. Now, the red little thin stripes, they say, it represents the blows that Christ received. Remember, he was, he, was, he was flogged. He was whipped. His body was beaten. He was punched in the face. The thorn and crowns on his head and poked those, those into his, his, his scalp there. And that's the stripes, right? You know, Isaiah 53 talks about the, the thin stripes. And now the red kind of ribbon, uh, the red band, they say that represents the blood he shed on the cross. And then they say, the person who talked about this and began to mass produce candy canes or maybe the tradition, is that the, though some people say, well, it's a shepherd's crook, Christmas, right? Actually, with those symbols, if you flip it this way, everyone flip your candy cane this way, what's the letter? J, right? And what does J stand for? Jared! No, just joking. Jesus, right? So next time you look at a candy cane, don't hold it this way, hold it this way, yeah? And remember, Christmas is about Jesus, that he came to be born and then to die for us. That's what Christmas is about. Jesus was born to die for us and so, so that we, we can be saved, you guys. That there will be no condemnation upon us. That, that in Christ our sins could be forgiven. That the guilt could be taken away. And we could be free. Free of that. Maybe you've been carrying that burden of condemnation that I don't know if God really cares about me. I don't know if, if, if God would really receive me. He, he probably is looking down upon me, but no, understand when you see the candy cane. He loves you and he sent Jesus to die, to be born here at Christmas and then to die on the cross on Good Friday and then rise again on Easter. So that's what Christmas is about. God's love. Jesus coming to be born to die. Well, let me close with this this morning. Years ago, this eighth grader, uh, Julianne, sent a letter addressed to Jesus. She actually wrote a letter, put it in an envelope, addressed it to Jesus Christ, put a stamp on, and put it in the mail. Now, <clears throat> she in this letter, she, um, she, she wrote, this. She said, Dear friend, I am 13 years old. You must think I'm weird for writing a letter to Jesus when everyone knows it wouldn't get anywhere, but I wanted to give you a message. So she was smart. She knew that someone will probably open it up and read this. Every Christmas, she writes, all people think about is getting presents. But that's not the reason at all. 
I think Christmas means getting all your friends together and having a good time because Jesus is born. And that's just the beginning of all the beautiful things he did for us. By being born, she writes, he let love into the world. I love that. Well, the customer service director at a post office wrote back, we have no mail route to heaven. But I'm sure that Jesus is aware of what you wrote. And then this customer service director said, you said your letter wouldn't get anywhere. Well, it touched my heart. This is what Christmas is about. God's love to you. Understand that. As you're connected online, maybe you're sitting here in church. Understand, God loves you. Jesus loves you. Jesus was born because of love. Christmas is love. We talked about that last night. This is what it's about. God bringing salvation to you and I. This is what Christmas does. So will you give your life to Christ? I mean really give your life. Not just part-time. Not just on Sunday. Not just, well, when it's convenient. But will you totally surrender your life to him as he sacrificed everything for you? And let me tell you, when you do that, when you really receive Christ in that way, oh, you get this relationship with God that is indescribable, that is, that is incredible, that is so fulfilling, that, that is, fills every emptiness in your life, that gives you purpose. But until you do that, you're going to always be feeling short of what I'm talking about. Let's go all out for God. Let's seek Him every day. Let's let's get to church. Let's fellowship with believers, no matter what's going on. Let's totally give our heart to Him. Because you know what? God in His love is made this way so that you can be together with Him. Because He wants to be intimately involved in your life. He wants touch your heart this is what christmas is about will you give your life to christ and i'll tell you when you really do when you really touch that real meaning of christmas you'll be celebrating too just like what we find in this the celebration of angels let's pray lord as we close up here and we thank you for this morning and and, and we're going to end early. All the parents are saying, hey, no. But, uh, but we thank you for this moment we have with you on Christmas Day. God, we've come to honor you, Lord. We've really ultimately for you, Lord. God, we, we don't want our life to be about me, uh, myself. God, we've done that too much to make things about me, to, to make the world revolve around me and not glorify you god the angel said glory to god and your holy spirit is speaking to us right now saying god i need to live my life for your glory not for mine and so god we humble ourselves right now and we know that you came you were born on christmas day to one day grow up and die on a cross and lord Thank you for that, because we need your forgiveness right now. And I pray that, Lord, as we call out to you, as we repent of our sins, Lord, as we, we 
turn from our sins and, and turn to you, God, that you would cleanse us, forgive us, and, and make us right with you. Lord, I pray for your spirit to just move upon our hearts. And God, you're here. You've been speaking to us. You've been in the worship and in the Christmas songs, Lord. I'm going to pause in my prayer right now and I want everyone to keep their eyes closed. I believe God is calling you right now to make a new start as the new year is coming, to make a new start with God. Perhaps you wandered away from the Lord. Perhaps you, you know these things and you're kind of passing it off in your mind. Yeah, yeah, I know this, Pastor. Yeah, I've heard this before. Ah, every Christmas. But is that really the right attitude? I think it's an indication that something is not right. Humble yourself. Gaze once more into this Christ child being born. Let the Holy Spirit minister to your heart and what this really means. It's God reaching out to you. It's God saying, I want to have a relationship with you. I want, I want to be close to you. God is saying, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. Perhaps you're here and maybe this is the first time you're hearing all of this. And it's like a light bulb going on. Things are clicking in your mind. That's the Holy Spirit. That's God wanting you to come to him so that you would give him your life. Will you do that? Will you do that, oh backslidden Christian? Will you come back and recommit your life to Jesus? Will you come come to Him and repent and really fully surrender to Him? I understand there's been a lot going on. I understand that that you've been through a lot and there's some stuff happening and maybe you're angry, maybe you're hurting, maybe, maybe there's bitterness, but God wants to heal you of those things and it starts here. Maybe you feel like, oh, I got to get my life right. I, I, I feel guilty. I, I, I got to get... No, you know what? You come to the hospital. You come to God first and let Him heal you because you cannot heal yourself. You cannot. Many have tried, but God can and it all takes one step, and that's going to Christ and receiving Him into your life. Of asking forgiveness and truly turning from your sins. I want to give you opportunity right now to do that. And I want to pray for you. I want to lead you in, your, in a prayer. And I, I'll, if you want to receive Christ, and all our eyes are closed right now, if you want to recommit your life to Christ, I want you to put your hand up. And show God and hold it up there and, and tell God that you want to do that. That you're showing God. No one else. This is between you and the Lord. Put your hand up high that you want to commit or recommit your life to Christ. God bless you. God bless you guys who have their hand up. If you put your hand up, will you pray with me? Matter of fact, let's all pray this prayer and help the people who, who did put their hand up. Repeat after me. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you that you love me. 
Thank you for this Christmas. Please forgive me of all of my sins. As I give you my life, come into my life. Help me to live for you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Save me today. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, I pray for those who prayed that prayer with the sincerity in their heart that you would touch them, God, that they would know and see how much you love them and give them assurance that they are saved, that they are received back if they're recommitting their life to you. God, I pray that this Christmas day that they would find a new, new joy, God, a new love, a new peace in their life because this is what they've done. Lord, thank you for your immeasurable love, God. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Pour your Holy Spirit into us today. And as we <clears throat> close out this service with one last song, God, hear our hearts, hear our worship, God, because we want to bless you and say thank you and give glory to you on Christmas Day. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand together.